Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Corporate Chronicles, Between Suits and Cares. Today we have a very interesting conversation. I call it interesting because um, in this day and age or at this time in this country, Kenya, tax is a very thorny issue. I don't call it, is it is thorny the right word, but I think I'd call it is a very interesting issue. But you know what we must do? We must educate ourselves about it because what is your number one job description as a Kenyan? It is to be a taxpayer. And on Corporate Chronicles, we don't do survival mode. So we, we are going to call it self-care, self-care tax edition. Doesn't sound, I don't know how it sounds, but I'm just trying to make it sound as interesting as possible. So today we have um, a conversation with the incredible, incredible Monica Gezuba. Monica has been in the tax industry for 13 years now. So she brings to us at Corporate Chronicles, a wealth, a, a wide world of knowledge. And she's here to provide us with the inside scope on everything you need to know about navigating the intricate world of taxes, Kenyan edition. So I think this is where you gotta grab your cup of coffee, take out your notebook. And and I mean, let's do this. Monica. Hi, Monica. Karibu sana. Hi. Hi, Amat. Hi. How are you? I'm very fine. And how are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for kuitikia muito. Thank you very much, Monica. And what we do here, we applaud our guests because um, you have left other things to come and talk to us. So thank you very much. And maybe Monica will just get um, straight into it. Uh, taxation is not a very interesting topic right now, but we must talk about it. And um, the first thing maybe I would want to ask you or want you to comment on is when was the first time you heard about taxation in your life? So I think in school, we used to do some bit of taxation in business, but it didn't make uh, sense until I got a job, my first job. And then one of the things that was required was my PIN number or pin certificate so then that's when i learned okay uh there's um there, there's a requirement here for you to have a pin number and then of course the first deduction of tax from your pay uh that would be the my first encounters with taxes oh interesting because i think the first time i heard about taxes i heard about my dad talking about it and i remember him talk, just saying this tax, why is it so high? Why is it so high? And I was like, <laughs> okay, so what, what exactly it is? And then I got into campus and you know the way you just do Ilea Kawaida until yeah. now you get into the job market and you ask for your pin and then your first, uh, what do you call it, pay slip. When you look mm-hmm. at the net, you're like, ah, 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 ah. So Monica, maybe you can, for anybody who is new, uh, or who is getting into the job market. Maybe you can just briefly give us an overview of the basic tax concepts in Kenya today. Thank you so much, Emma. So what happens uh, in, in Kenya is we have various tax laws and those tax laws um, affect us, all of us. There's no one who is left out. So we have the Income Tax Act, the VAT Act, the Excess Duty Act, and the Tax Procedures Act. So the Tax Procedures Act has a list of transactions for which a PIN is required. 
you find that you told if you if you're opening a bank account, if you're selling your motor vehicle, if you're registering for a pay bill number or till number, you need to register. So that becomes the first point because now you're engaging in the economy, you need to register and get a PIN. And so most of us got our PINs because we were applying for help and that was one of the requirements. That PIN comes with uh, tax obligations. It will have a tax obligation. For example, the default one is income tax. And with that, the person who has gotten the PIN is required to, re to file their return. And uh, of course, there are due dates on which they're expected to submit their returns. But that return is also just your mode of communication with KRA telling them, okay, for the tax period, this is my, these are my affairs. So think of a return as your way of talking to KRA and telling them, this is my income, this is my expenses. If you're in employment, you're also telling us, this is your income, this is my only source of income, uh, and such. Oh, you've explained it so well. By the way, I've never had, because um, if someone asked me what a tax return is, I'd say it, you need to give the government information. But you explained it so well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's um also AKA. Now, when you're talking about you you talked something about income tax and said you that you said the default one is income tax. Maybe you can just expand just a bit on what you mean by that. Okay, income tax is a tax on income, and that means that of course now uh, the way we generate income normally is from business, from employment where we render our services, uh, from maybe selling the selling land. Uh, or just engaging in economic activity. So the income tax is paid by the recipient of the income. For example, if we have uh, maybe somebody who has some rental premise, the landlord will be generating some income from that uh, rental property, and he's required to pay some income tax off that. Most Kenyans will be generating their income from employment income, uh, where they render their services at the end of the month, you find that you you'll be paid, but then you'll be paid less tax. The income tax in that case will be levied by a method called PSU1, where the tax will be deducted at source from uh, the income and you get the balance. When it comes to businesses, you have different types of businesses. You can set up your business as a sole proprietorship in a partnership or a company, and there's income you'll be generating. If you're involved in, let's say, providing services, selling your goods, you're generating income. And that income is subject to a tax known as income tax. So that being the default, it is the starting point. There are other taxes that come with uh, setting up a business, but that one is the main one because all of us are generating some form of income. And as per Section 3 of the Income Tax Act, it is subject to tax and we are required to pay this tax using the provided modalities. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Monica. And I'm just wondering, okay, you told, we, we, we spoke about income tax, we did VAT, we talked about um, the TPA, the excise. When you're talking about VAT, what exactly are you talking about? When you're talking about the excise duty, what exactly are you talking about? So for VAT, VAT is uh, uh, known as value-added tax, and it's a tax on consumption of certain goods and services. The taxation of VAT in Kenya is guided by the VAT Act, where you find that uh, the VAT Act uh, will give us a list of uh, the certain goods or services that do not attract VAT and others that because you're rated. So anything that is outside that list is subject to VAT. However, VAT is not paid by the business 
person because it's a consumer tax, it's paid by the consumer. So for example, you go to the supermarket and you shop, you get your different products. Uh, so you find that the price you will pay will be inclusive of VAT. So in this case, the part of the money you pay to the supermarket goes to the government as VAT. Of course, the supermarket is supposed to pay their income tax, but you as a consumer also pay an additional 16% as value-added tax. From the supermarket side, not all businesses are required to register for VAT. Uh, if a business gets to a turnover of 5 million and above, that's when they are required by law uh, to register for VAT. When the business is below the 5 million, they can volunteer. And when they volunteer to register, they'll of course be required to comply with all the provisions of VAT. And uh, most businesses will opt to register for VAT even if they don't have the threshold of 5 million because of the kind of competition that is there. Let's say you're maybe making your own products at home and you want to sell them and you're selling them to a supermarket, you find they tell you, uh, we need you to register for VAT. So that forces a small business person to register for VAT and uh, they'll be required to submit a return. VAT returns are filed on a monthly basis where the January return is due by Feb, the Feb return is due by March, uh, that is 20th of every month, and so on and so forth. So the business will be required to do an input versus output. They will get their inputs. What have they bought? For example, if we use this example of the supermarket, when they were buying the products that you have gone and bought, maybe you've got household items like spices, bottled water, uh, certain food items, not all food items, certain food items, you find that when the supermarket was buying those goods from the market, they were charged VAT, and that is their input tax. So they'll do their maths and compute the price and then add 16% on that over that. So as they add their 16%, they'll charge you as their customer, and that is their output VAT. So the business is supposed to pay the difference between output VAT minus input VAT. If it's a positive, there's VAT payable. If it's a negative, it's called a credit and it's carried forward to the next month. Mm -hmm. So VAT, of course, comes with a lot of implications. For example, right now, you have to be E-Teams compliant. Uh, you find that one of the things that Kerry has done to ensure that businesses are paying their taxes is um, provide that you have to have the electronic tax invoicing management system which is integrated with carry. For example, now if you look at that one of the receipts you've gotten from the supermarket, it has a QR code and you can scan that QR code and um, see that the or check that the supermarket has done what is expected of them in terms of VAT. So that's a tool for enhancing compliance because we have entrusted the business to collect VAT. And therefore, when we have such a tool, we're able to check that they are charging that VAT correctly and remitting it to the government. Well, Monica, <laughs> thank you for that explanation. Um, to a layman's language, someone needs to sit down with a pen and a paper to actually get that. But that is not really hard. You can, we have these resources online. You can download the VAT app. You can go onto 
YouTube and just familiarize yourself. Now, Monica, I just wanted to ask you about uh, the changes that happen every year in regards to tax laws. Because when you look at our country right now, there's a lot of tax talk. All this has been added, this has this and that, these and that. So um, maybe you can just highlight to us a few changes that have happened recently. Yeah. So the conversation is very uh, active right now about taxes. And personally, I like that because uh, for a long time, we as Kenyans, we were not uh, very keen when it came to taxes. But now at least we are seeing, okay, what is happening here? So you find that what happens every year, there are changes that are brought into the tax laws to reflect the changes that are happening in the economy. And those changes have to be have to be in, in the form of a law that can be enforced. We just can't bring changes and say we are changing this, we are changing, uh, maybe we're introducing a new tax without having a legal backing for the same. So one of the ways that that is done or the main way that is done is to have the Finance Act. It starts out as a bill, then it goes through the process and then it's signed into a law. And when it's, uh, it's signed into a law, it becomes a, a Finance Act. The current Finance Act is a Finance Act of 2023. And of course, now it brought in so many changes in terms of excise, in terms of VAT, in terms of income tax. Mm -hmm. So I just highlight a few of the changes that have happened. One of the things is uh, under the Income Tax Act, for example, we've seen the introduction of digital, digital, digital tax or a withholding tax from uh, maybe content providers, uh, those who are making content on uh, TikTok or just content generation on Instagram, you find that their income is subject to withholding tax at the rate Hapo of 5%. Monica, go slowly there because hapo kuna ki. Go slowly. <laughs> yeah, hapo kwa digital yes. tax. They are, we might, let's discuss about that because that is, if you see right now, a very big percentage of our youth, and, and you know, we are a youthful country, so a very big percentage of people are creating content online. Yes. Um, yes. And a lot of people as well are doing um, their businesses online. So maybe you can just elaborate a bit about that digital service tax because there there is something that the corporate chronicles community needs to know about because here monica one thing we don't we, we do we also um get a bit of extra money here and there because of self-care <laughs> sour, sour. so there are two aspects when it comes to digital tax there is digital service tax Digital service tax is paid by the non-residents who have no physical presence in Kenya. So the service provider, for example, right now we're using a platform and most people in Kenya are using such platforms and you're paying a fee to the non-resident who has no physical presence in Kenya. So they are supposed to pay digital service tax on the income they generate from Kenyan users at the rate of 1.5% of the gross transactional value. So that means that as they are filing their return, they will generate the data on Kenyan users and compute the 1.5 based on the income gener they generate on a monthly basis and pay. That is a digital service tax. However, we have the other side of uh, digital content creators. We have to understand that this is 
a normal resident taxpayer, just like any other person, only that their platform is an online platform. So they're supposed to pay taxes just like any other taxpayer. But we've seen issues concerning uh, maybe non-declaration, filing of returns. So the government has come with a form of taxation at source, known as withholding tax, which means that some tax will be deducted at source from the income that is being generated from digital content. The bill had proposed a rate of 15%, but then later it was reduced to 5% just to align it with other services such as professional services, training services. So this tax that is deducted at source will be paid on behalf of the, of the content creator to carry. And in their ITAX ledger, it will go in as a credit, knowing showing that some money has been paid on their behalf, or a small portion of the tax that they were supposed to pay has been paid on their behalf. So at the end of the year, we expect this person to submit a return, declare their income versus expenses. If they find they have a profit, they now compute the tax liability or the system will compute the tax liability and they'll reduce that tax liability with the total tax withheld from them. So it works just like any other withholding tax mechanism. And it's a way of enhancing compliance so that we can all pay tax. Everybody can pay their fair share of tax, including those emerging sectors like the digital economy. It's a way of uh, the government trying to level the service, the, the, the ground for everyone. And I, I, I think when, when I look at um, the way it had been said last year and the and, and the finance act 2023 i think it's more clear and i feel like it is a better way and we can be able to people can be able to do what they need to do because it's simpler and it's clearer uh, maybe you can just give us an example i am a content creator i have been contracted by a certain organization probably to influence for them this product so yeah. at that point when the company is paying me my money, they're going to withhold 5%, isn't it? Yes, they will withhold 5% for the resident uh, who's providing the, um, the, who is receiving the payment for uh, digital content monetization, and then 20% for the non-resident. Perfect. I needed to give you that example, to ask that example, because that is one of the questions that I have seen when I put out a post about what we're going to be talking about, that is one of the questions that I saw. Now, um, let's get out of the heavy stuff a bit, Monica, and let's talk about the common misconceptions that people have when it comes to the tax regime or taxation in general. I would say one of the misconceptions that people have is that the authority, the tax authority are the ones who come up with the laws and uh, do what they need to do. But I want to state here clearly that it's not the tax authority that comes up with that law. What is the role of the tax authority, Monica? All right. So, uh, the laws we, we talked about, we said we have the Income Tax Act, the VAT Act, the Excess Duty Act, the Tax Procedures Act. Those are tax laws, and they are laws of Kenya. So what we have in our constitution is that it provides or it provides that the national government can collect the taxes, the income tax, the VAT, and the excise, and the customs duty, 
And uh, of course, the national government, for the national government to collect those taxes, the tax laws must be there. The same constitution allows the national government to, uh, to appoint an agent to collect the taxes on their behalf. And through that, uh, we have the Kenya Revenue Authority Act, and that act has established the authority as the agent to collect this tax on behalf of the government. So KRA's role is to of course, provide the services that are necessary to facilitate a taxpayer to pay their taxes, but the Kenyan tax laws do not originate from KRA. Also, there's a lot of uh, maybe before maybe what uh, we need to be aware of is that before the tax laws are changed there's always invitation for public participation which is thank um, you you need to emphasize on that <laughs> <laughs> you need to emphasize on that please yeah it's published mm -hmm. in the in, in, in newspapers yeah so kenyans are invited to participate in the process of lawmaking in the lawmaking process so i'd I encourage a lot of us to get into that space and uh, heed to the invite, participate in the making of the laws, so that at least when now they they, they are there, you you can be you can have an understanding of what was the thinking of the government when a certain tax was being introduced. Because also when you have that background, what was what were they trying to achieve? You have a better understanding of the situation, and I believe that will make the taxes a bit more acceptable to most Kenyans if they understand the entire process of making the laws and the thinking behind it. And I feel, Monica, I feel like we are woke generation. We know, we, I mean, if you're told that there's public participation when these laws are being uh, talked about, you need to avail yourself to understand of course, I know that is going to come with a lot of, but even if we go there, is it adopted and many other things. But you know what you have done? You have done your job as a Kenyan. Yes. You have and any yeah. other misconception, Monica, that you have encountered? Most misconceptions are probably about now what when you get a pin, most people just assume, okay, the bank asks, asked me to get a pin and I've gotten the pin and that's it. So a pin, a pin number is a unique identifier and it comes with those obligations if you look at your pin number you find there's a tax obligation that tax obligation requires that you submit a return whether you've made an income or not and of course now what happens is that most people like i'm not making a, any income but remember you can make a nil return we said that the, the this return making is a form of communication with carry this is how you tell carry my income for the year was nil and that income should be uh, fully declared the return should be an accurate reflection of your affairs because if you don't give your accurate reflection then later you may find yourself having an additional assessment on uh, on that also another issue that i find is the assumption that when you file your return and you get a negative the refund will come automatically so most mm -hmm. kenyans when they find they they're they told input your they get a negative you're told input your um, your account Bank number. Details. Yeah. Yes, they get so excited. But now the process of applying for a refund is that you have to again, after you finalize the filing of the return, go back to your ITAX profile and 
claim that refund or apply for the refund. You go through a process of verifying whether that refund is payable, then you'll be required to provide evidence and then you will get the money or maybe the refund will be declined, but you'll be given the reasons why uh, it has been declined. So filing of returns, refund, there's also the waiver issue. So you find that most people will find they have so many penalties and uh, probably they 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 have penalties and um, interest arising from unpaid taxes. So those are issues that can be handled, especially when you pay the principal tax. For example, right now there is a tax amnesty that um, allows Monica, the... Hold, hold, on, hold on, we are going to get the tax amnesty because tax amnesty is a big thing right now. You know, yeah. the way you partner with people and then you're like, you know, you know, Carrie, it was me. I don't know this amount. No, we're going to get into that, in, into that. Before we get into the tax amnesty, I'd want you to emphasize on the, um, the importance of keeping your records and documentation. Because, Monica, I have seen in my line of duty, I have seen what it can cost you not to keep your records, not to have your documents. All right. So first of all, let's start with the legal backing of of, uh, your requirement to keep records. So we have the Tax Procedures Act, and it states that you must keep your records in the official languages, that is either English or Kiswahili. The records must be kept for at least five years. That is a requirement, and they must be in Kenya shillings. So that means that there's a legal requirement for you to keep records and failure to keep those records is an offense. However, even if it's an offense, even you as a business person, it is important that you keep your records for yourself. Because uh, if you if you are to justify what you have submitted in your return, we need a record. For example, let's imagine you have started your small business. You have given us your income of, let's say, $5 million in a year. You've claimed your expenses. And the impact of claiming the expense is reducing your taxable profit so that you find that your income was five, your expenses are three million. So you find now your your profit is two million and that's your basis for paying the taxes. However, when we come and check that, we want you to give us records to show your income to support the five million because we want to ensure that it is not underdeclared. If you cannot support that, if your records are not adequate, they are incomplete, then we'll have an issue. For example, for the sales, we will even be checking, do you have the complete set of books? Because we expect that you have a sales invoicing system and we can follow your invoice from number one to the current invoice. So if there are gaps, you find yourself having a lot of issues. So maintain a complete set of records for your incomes. When it comes to your expenses, again, you need to support the expenses. Remember, you have used them to reduce your tax liability by reducing the taxable income. If you cannot support an expense, it becomes a non-allowable expense because it's not. there's no evidence that it was actually incurred to generate the business income. So the expense records, as you buy from your, your clients, as your, your, cast, your business people, you buy, you, you incur expenditures for the business. You get, you go to a petrol station, you go to a supermarket, you go to another business. Make sure 
that as a business person, you get a proper invoice. And that proper invoice, you you file it and you put it in your books as uh, as, as supporting evidence that those expenses were actually incurred for business purposes. So it's very, very, very important that you keep your records. We've said for at least five years, unless there's a tax investigation that is covering a longer period. Uh, so the emphasis on records is very key. And uh, of course, it has, if, if you are even going to resolve a dispute, you will need to provide those records uh, in as evidence in any tax dispute that may arise from your assessments. Yeah, and I also re-emphasize that the mess, it's very messy if you don't have your documents, right? If you don't have your records, right? Because how are you going to prove? So we, I mean, investing in um, the right softwares, investing in the right people, because um, I, one thing I have found, Monica, is that you want to be the person who is bringing the business, you want to be the accountant, you want to be the bookkeeper, you want to be the your own tax consultant. But if you can, at Corporate Chronicles, we know what we do. We, we, we make the right decisions. Investing in systems, investing in the right uh, people because you need to operate in your gifts. Focus on what brings you business. Then the, like these things like documentation, surely I'm, I'm sure you can be able to to cater for that and the consequences that will come with these are very dire also monica maybe we can just discuss a bit about the consequences that come with non-compliance and the importance of um timely and accurate tax reporting yes yes we can talk about that because also it's very important as you submit your return Remember, you're communicating with Karen. And then you, um, maybe if it's an income tax return, let's say you're filing your income versus expend- expenditures, the provisions are as per the Income Tax Act. So we expect that you fully declare your income and you claim your expenses. However, not all expenses are allowable. The expenses that are allowable are for to reduce your income with are those that have been incurred to generate the income. So you cannot claim your private expenditures together with the business. It is important that you separate your affairs and the business's affairs so that if you're having an income, it is fully declared the expenses under it uh, can be directly linked to that income because that's one of the issues that we find, especially for startups. You you mixing your expenditures with the businesses with the business expenditures, and that brings an inaccurate uh, taxable income. So again, also when we are filing our returns, there are due dates that are expected to be complied with for the annual income tax return for individuals and companies that use the calendar year, that is January to December, we must submit our returns within six months, that is 30th of June of the following year. So you have a lot of time to submit your return, to prepare your actual books and put that in the prescribed form. For the monthly returns, they must be filed on a monthly basis. So that is the VAT on 20th, excise on 20th, rent, there's the rent that is... um. If it's residential rental income, the returns must be filed every month. And the information that you put there is information that must be adequately supported. And of course, now we care is starting to use technology to autofill the return. And that's what the VAT, in VAT, where we, when we say we are using ETIMS and, and it can 
transmit the information immediately. So th this software is integrated with your system and also integrates with carries and, and we're able to get that information about the transactions of the business. That means that carry is continually starting to use technology to ensure this compliance. So set up that uh, system where you know, okay, what tax obligations am I registered for? Are they the correct obligations for me and my business? And when you ascertain that, when are the when are the due dates? When am I expected to submit a return? What information is required in that return? And you can get uh, a tax agent to come and help you, but also there are some taxes. For example, there's a tax known as turnover tax, which is simplified for businesses, where you find that if you have a business and your annual turnover is between 1 million and 25 million, you can register for turnover tax. But this tax is at 3% of the gross sales. That means that even your record keeping requirements will be minimal because we just want you to declare your sales, your gross sales for the month, and then you pay tax at 3% on that. So as you navigate the tax system, it is important that you get a, a comprehensive picture of what is available to you as a taxpayer. What are your rights and obligations? And you can visit any carrier office for free help on that. That way you're able to know even about this turnover tax. Can I register for it? Because if you cannot be able to afford an accountant or a tax agent to do the books for you, then you can find that that simplified system is way easier. However, not everyone can register. So it is important, again, I'll emphasize, I keep saying it's important so many times, but it's just okay, to emphasize okay. it that. is important. <laughs> yeah, that th this 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 business of tax uh, is, is something we have to accept. Like, you know, they, they say, I, I think I was reading somewhere, uh, eat your frog in the morning. Is that the same? Yeah? Yes, I think, eat your frog. Yes. Mm -hmm. So this is that frog that we all need to eat in the morning and move on with our other businesses. We can't avoid the taxes, especially in the era of digital transactions. And uh, you talked about technology and Kerry, and I think Kerry got an award for being the government institution that uh, does well with technology. I really can't remember what it talked about. But when you look, 13 years, Monica, when you look back, I think we have come a really long way as a country Yes. in terms of, um, because I remember, I remember like those early years when we were very young and we got the boomers, the earlier boomers who are getting out of the workplace. And I remember one guy you, who could not understand how you can calculate taxes with a computer. He, he had to do it by hand yeah. because he kept saying, this is how the taxpayer is going to understand with your handwriting and a blue pen. Yeah. So if today, I wish I can meet him today and tell him all the good things about ETIMS and all um those things that we have. Now, and the, these um, as well, something that I would want you to touch on before we talk about tax amnesty, and that is we have so many people who are working, who are in corporate, who have their side hustles, who are trying to make a living doing extras, an extra something out there. So you consider them or we consider them as small businesses or startups. What are some of the specific uh, considerations that small businesses need to be aware of 
when it comes to taxation because if I am in the office, I only know about my pay as you earn. Sometimes that is done by someone else or I do it, but I want to venture into business, into small scale business. What are some of those considerations? All right. Though I feel we had not finished on the penalties. So maybe let, let me just mention, uh, if you fail to submit your return as an individual, you're going to suffer a penalty of 2000 per annum. And then also, if it's a company, the penalty will be 20000 Then the late payment penalty is 5% of the tax due and interest of 1% per month. And if you calculate now, that, it's not cheap. Yeah, it's, not, it's very expensive to yeah, not it's comply. It's very expensive to be ignorant. Or not, not to know. It's it's expensive not to know. Yes, yes, and also not to to know and not comply. You know? Yeah. So there are those. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you can know, and you're like, now what what is this? I am I'm not going to do these things. Yeah. True. <laughs> So the other so, one is on the side hustle, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, so what happens is that we've said uh, we have uh, income tax and this income tax, let's say most of us are in employment. So we find our employer is deducting taxes. We get our net pay. So we don't deal with carriers such until the end of the year when we need to submit a return. And it's almost a reconciling. Actually, it's a reconciling of what the employer has already paid on our behalf. However, if you're keen, you will note that when you're submitting your return and you download that form, you're asked, do you have any other income to declare other than employment income? So just test the next time you're filing your return and just say yes. What you will see is that you will see the Excel sheet opens up a a profit and loss uh, sheet. It opens up a balance sheet. It opens up many sheets that can be used to declare any other sources of income. And why is this? It's because in our tax laws, we are supposed to compute our taxes separately, or we have something we call the specified sources of income. So that if you're in employment, the tax from employment is computed on its own. If you have your hustle, which is the business, the tax on the hustle is computed on its own. That way for the business, we are able to get your income versus the expenses you've incurred to generate it. And then of course, if you now start farming, because even most people, most young people are now going back to the farming and starting a farm, a farm that is also a specified source of income. So you're supposed to declare your farming income versus the expenses you've paid. Then we add all your income together and then we tax it as a total figure uh, on one taxpayer. So it, uh, when you have your side hustle, be keeping the books that are relevant, your income, your expenditures, so that as you submit your return, you're able to submit that information. Sometimes you, if you don't do that, what will happen is that you will supply your services probably to somebody who is going to deduct tax at source at let's say the 5%. So your ledger, ITAX ledger is showing your pay as you want plus some withheld tax. Then now later you get a letter from Kerry telling you you have not fully declared your income because you did not declare the, the remainder of the, the income that you are supposed to declare. So it, it's very important again to have a comprehensive view of what is, how many sources of income do I have and what is the implication? If it's employment, yes, there's a method. If it's the others, I need to self-assess and declare the same. Uh, okay. Wow. That, that's quite some information. But this information, um, what we'd want to tell you guys is that this information is free of charge. It's out there. 
you can walk into any KRA office and they're going to give you this information free of charge and walk with you. So Monica, here at Corporate Chronicles, we said we don't be in the bandwagon of saying, I opened a company sometime and uh, imagine these guys are saying I owe them, I don't know how much money, I don't even make that money, tax amnesty. Oh, tax amnesty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we have a tax amnesty and amnesties are there are so many. Um in Kenya we've had so many amnesties. We had the rental income tax amnesty, we had the voluntary tax disclosure amnesty, and we have an amnesty right now. So again, it's important that you listen to the tax news. What what keep yourself informed about what is happening in the tax arena? Because now if you're not aware of this, you're going to miss out. So currently we have a tax amnesty that is, was introduced by the Finance Act of 2023. And an amnesty is like forgiveness. You know the way Jesus says, come, forgive, and then... <laughs> Monica, do you want to equate taxation with work? That one for Jesus, but anyway. No, Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a very good example of, of forgiveness. You know, like the, here your, your interest and penalties are forgiven. And uh-huh. then you go ahead and be a compliant taxpayer. So under the Finance Act 2023, we have a tax amnesty on interest and penalties. And if you have no principal taxes up to 31st of December, 2022, that means maybe you have paid all your principal taxes uh, because principal is never weighed. Principal tax means maybe you had a VAT debt of let's say 10,000, then it, you, you did not pay for a few months. So you got the late payment of 5% and interest of 1%. So it's been accumulating and now it's a bit of a bigger amount. So we are told pay the principal tax of 10,000 and then we are going to waive that penalties and interest. So for those ones who have already paid their principal taxes up to 31st of December, 2022, they had paid that, then they qualify for uh, the, the waiver of penalties and interest. For those ones who have principal tax accrued up to 31st of December, but pays it within that year of June, by that year of June 2024. So you, you, you can see your iTax ledger and you see uh, you have debt, then you make a plan to pay it. If you clear your amounts by that year of June 2024, then you qualify for the waiver of penalties and interest. So again, taxpayers are encouraged to apply for this. Because as you can see, it's going to clear a lot of penalties and interest that are in our system. And uh, of course, now you're, you, it's like it lightens the burden for you because going forward, you'll be a taxpayer who will be feeling, okay, at least the government is doing something to help me in, in this area. And probably it was a, the penalties arose from a place of you did not know. So again, it's your chance to clear up your ledger and have a clean ledger and sometimes that we tell taxpayers that the best one of the best ways to do a system check do a health check on yourself is to go to your itax profile and try and apply for a tcc so log in with your pin and password go to tax compliance certificate try and apply for it if you get it the system will check if you get it immediately then you're clear you don't have any 
the thing that you all carry. But if you have penalties, if you have principal tax, the system is going to pull all that information and you're going to be able to see it. That way you're able to assess and see, okay, what is my next step here? But you have to have that clear picture before you. You can even know how to proceed. Tax amnesty is a big thing, guys. We say that we are not going to be in that bandwagon. And you know the way you're saying, Monica, you're saying about the health check. Sometimes we're told, go for these annual checkups. But you're like, where? If I go and then I find something that... But you you need to go so that you can arrest that. And you know how having tax, the taxed ghosts or the tax shadow behind you, like always you you have things you don't, you have not paid, how uncomfortable that that gets, yeah? Um. So yeah. I think for now, we you know, when we talk about taxation, we can talk about so many things. But I think for now we have touched the basics, what needs to be touched on. And um, because we are not on survival mode here, what were the key takeaways from this podcast? that you need to know what the tax laws of your country talk about. You cannot afford not to know. You have to keep yourself updated. Avail yourself during the budget-making process. Give your suggestions. Um, see what happens. And tax laws change every year. You have to be in the loop. You have to stay aware. I'm happy that we have things like e-teams that have come up, but operate in your gifts focus on what brings you business and then what you can outsource you do it but remember this information that we're giving you about taxes are free of charge this information is free of charge you can get it from any carry office documentation and record keeping i cannot insist enough on that in this world nothing can be said to be certain accepted and taxes so monica i don't know if you have now that we have come to the end of today's episode i don't know i strongly feel that we have we have barely even scratched the surface there's so much you can talk about isn't it yes there's so much we can talk about but this is a conversation starter and also like a point for anyone who is listening to to just be more keen about taxes because yes the conversation is very heated now but these taxes the changes have been taken place year in, year out. So as as, as, uh, the generation that is uh, currently involved in the economy, currently taking our kids to school, currently engaging in uh, economic activity and wanting to grow, we cannot Mm. afford to ignore this subject. And of course, now, as we said, you you can access the information from KRA offices, but we also have a KRA website where the information we've talked about today is talked about in detail. And I'm sure you can contact us for any further queries on anything that we've touched on today. Absolutely. Thank you very much, uh, Monica. I'm very sure that we are going to have you again soon or when and I know we have a, we will have a lot a lot of questions in regards to this topic because it is a topic that we need to keep constantly reminding ourselves and educating ourselves about it and you know guys you don't have to know everything you just need to know enough to talk to the right people you need to you know just to know enough to ask the relevant questions. So we will call it a day today. And thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, for listening to us and for wanting even to learn. 
So thank you very much, Monica. We are very delighted for you to have sat here with us today. And we hope to see you again. I hope you have enjoyed yourself. Yes, I have. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you very much. We have come to the end of our episode and you can find us on where you get your podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Pods, on CastBox, and on all our social media pages. Follow us, engage us, and ask us questions. This is our space. And this is Corporate Chronicles between suits and chaos.